0: When they show up to a place and nobody's got their hand out, they have no power there, right? It is pay for play. It's quid pro quo. If you don't need anything from them, they have no power over you. And that's why being a resilient individual is the most important thing for your life, but also for our society. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We've got a special guest today. BJ Baldwin. Um, how would you define yourself? A professional truck race car driver, race truck driver? How, what is it called exactly?
2: Uh well, I'm I've been in professional motorsports for mm. uh quite some time. It's uh unlimited production truck or trophy truck racing. Mm. Okay. Long distance endurance racing in the desert. In so
0: truck racing didn't sound right. I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. Although <laughs> it does sound horrible. Uh so you've done like the big ones a lot. I mean, you've been doing this for years, so yeah. Um, how did you get into that?
2: You know what? It started as a <clears throat> excuse me started as like a, a kind of a hobby um, with you know small buggies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then I started doing really well and got into trucks and started kind of morphing it in into a professional motorsports team with marketing partnerships with a a wide variety of different companies
0: so it's been like uh i guess carts and trucks for you mostly was never bike like a lot of guys like travis started with bikes and did other stuff but you've been primarily four-wheel vehicles
2: yeah i'm originally um you know i I rode dirt bikes a lot when i was younger Mm -hmm. but uh not really any racing on dirt bikes and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, Travis is legendary in motocross, supercross, and freestyle uh, motocross. So, yeah, it started a lot of my, uh, you know, experience in driving. It's, it actually started in in uh, lower-class buggies with limited class.
0: Okay. I mean, that, those are, I see those sometimes around, uh, I used to see them a lot in South Carolina, actually, uh, when, I, when I was growing up, but, in Texas, at pretty much everywhere, North Carolina too. Those kids are—I mean, it's amateur racing, but there's still prizes and shit. And they're—they're they're like as young as twelve years old. Sometimes they're racing in these circuits and stuff. So you—how how early did you get started? Um, like well, competitively, I guess.
2: Competitively, like in the limited class, I was seventeen years old, mm. and then uh, I was at the elite level, like the the tier one class trophy truck, when I was twenty three years old. Oh wow
0: Okay. Well, I mean, so how much a NASCAR, a stock car costs a fuckload of money to for the season, right? I don't know how much it is per race anymore, but for the season, you're talking about like 15, 16 mil, just keep that thing on, like just going in circles, right? Yeah. What's it like for the truck? Like how much money is that?
2: To, um, with that shit? to run it at uh, the highest level, it's mm-hmm. about 3 million.
0: Per year? But you guys do quite a few, quite like not nearly as many races too as NASCAR, right?
2: Uh, No, but we're... <clears throat> we're in a much more brutal environment than, uh, yeah. than, than nascar jumping hills in the desert seems yeah. cool.
0: like you scare the shit out of people Every, anytime people have been asking me what i was going to do today i'm like well i'm going to interview bj in the morning they're like oh don't don't ride with him i'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like don't be a pussy dude um uh do you know texas dave you know those guys are yes. rally ready yeah so yeah. um what here's w- one of my dreams and we put out some videos about this so i think people might understand I want you to drive Texas Dave and Dave to narrate the whole thing and that stupid Australian accent he does because it would just be the funniest mashup (laughs) of all time to me, to be honest. Um, I love that dude. Anyways, so this show is Citizen, and the general premise is you can bitch and moan about your rights and wait around for somebody to secure them for you, and you'll be a subject under their rule, or you can secure them yourself by performing the responsibilities required of you and that is what makes you a citizen, right? Mm-hmm. It, there is there is an active and overt act in citizenry that really fo- comes down to personal responsibility, right? Like, personal responsibility is, I guess, the the glue that holds all of society together. And it seems as though... <coughs> well, it doesn't seem as though that has been objectively eroding rapidly over the past couple of decades. Yeah. Um, now, you, you don't have nine-to-five or anything you have a, an interesting job that's different than most people probably couldn't relate to it But you do live a normal life, you know, you do have a family So how, what have you seen in that regard? Like how just the erosion of people not taking responsibility not not? I don't mean like doing something wrong and owning up to it I just mean it's your responsibility to make sure you're a good person in a good position in life and so on
2: yeah, I mean the the changes uh, for me recently like uh, my son's in high school. He's fifteen years old. Um, it's very, very different than from when I was in high school. Um, you know, I have a daughter that's uh, seven years old that's never been to school. You know, because the world's changed so much, and um, I don't want her to be exposed to like drag queen story hour. Mm. Like I could put on a wig and do that myself. Sure, yeah. But yeah, the world's uh, definitely changed in the last decade a lot in the last five years so
0: um you, you say she hasn't been to school yet guys are homeschooling yeah we're, we're homeschooling her. like individual or do you have a pod or something like that
2: uh in individual like so she has well she has like an online class mm. that her mother helps her with and uh and she does really well she's you know reading math everything is far exceeded that of a second grader so um which is which is great you know i'm Mm. happy with that i I wish she had a little bit more uh social social education Mm. you know with a wide variety of uh, of different kids and stuff like that which is what you don't get when you uh homeschool Mm. you don't get that as much but uh she's still really really smart girl yeah
0: well how do you like so a lot of people in this audience, and I think just a lot of people in general want to do that, but don't know even how to start. Like, how did you guys? One, how did you decide to do it, and then what was the process like to get her, um, you know, into that program or whatever it is?
2: Um, well, <clears throat> uh, her her mother's really really smart, and she handles all that. And that was you know our conversation a few years ago. Like, I don't want to I don't want to do this. I don't want to send her to public school, and I, I think because of the dynamic and, and, uh, you know, I have a very colorful lifestyle. <laughs> um, my wife and I are happily married cause we don't live together. <laughs> um, but, uh, we have a great relationship. She's really, really smart and she has set all that up and she, she takes care of all that. She's her primary educator. Um, and, uh, I support them and, and, in doing that, so she's uh, she does a great great job. I don't know exactly how or what how you mm. sign up to to get that done. Um, she's kind of in charge of all that. I should have brought her with.
0: <laughs> no, it's all right. We'll ask her later. Um, yeah, it's interesting because you know the people who send their kids to public school or whatever people that people that don't mind all this stuff. Like you're you're trying to shield your kid from stupid bullshit, right? But yeah. they're trying to shield their kid from criticism, or shaming, or something like that, right? I mean, it's like
2: <clears throat>
0: I, I say that because I don't want to necessarily demonize people who are doing one thing or the other. I understand that you have this like intrinsic impetus to protect your child. How mm-hmm. how you see that? Uh, how you see fit, I guess. Um, so it's interesting to me in the same way politically. If you like. Forget about R&D and all that bullshit. If you talk to ordinary, like, nine to five people, they're like, I want the government to stop telling me what to do and stop taking my fucking money. It doesn't matter what your social beliefs are. Almost everyone thinks that, right? So the two things that matter the most in the world, which is your autonomy and your ability to provide for your family, the vast majority of people agree on, right? Mm. And I think in this way, in the education And care for your children. It's probably the same, right? Yeah. Like we just have a little bit of a different. I mean, it's it seems drastic, right? But it's only drastic in that one little area. So it makes everything seem drastically different, but it's not, you know.
2: Yeah. No, it's 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 different. It's you know, I I see all the stuff that's going on in in the schools in the last you know three to five years, and it it was you know I got my son that's fifteen, I got my daughter that's seven. And there's such a drastic difference in you know how the education system was when my son was six or seven years old, sure, yeah. as opposed I to I mean that my, fast. My yeah. it's, that's really fast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's uh, you know you have son and daughter and education system is one way, and then they have kids, and then now it's different. Right. You know, yeah. It's like different in the same uh, you know space and time. So it's. Uh, it's difficult to understand how it got like that, you know. Well,
0: I mean, you know, I, I like to. There, there's a something called Hanlon's Razor, and it says don't imply malice when incompetence will suffice, right? So I wonder if it, if a lot of this, like, there is certainly a, a concerted effort to program kids, and that, but that's not new, right? I mean, Henry Ford and the Rockefeller family and all these people who set up the American education system back in the early part of the 20th century—they wanted smart. But compliant workers that's what they wanted mm. and you can tell based you can tell by how Public schools are set up like what does it mean to be a good student? You're, you keep your mouth shut you don't misbehave, you know You do what the teacher tells you you do your work turn it in on time yeah. certainly the grades are part of it But the vast majority of how you get uh, as, Aside from the the academic part which it by the way is going away like fucking Washington and And Oregon they don't do academic standards anymore because it's racist I guess uh, which is oh pretty fun God. but even in normal more normal places the academic park plays a role but what it means to be a good student like if you said there he's a he's a good kid or whatever the fuck mostly means compliant you know what i mean and my buddy gerard michaels he's a comedian he he rants on this shit all the time about the concept of homework like we're training kids that nine to five isn't enough they need to be thinking about work and working even when they get home on their free time you know what i mean which i think is fucked up like we're we're training kids to think that way from a from what six years old basically
2: yeah yeah it's uh it's very strange how you know how big of a change that we've had you know recently and uh <clears throat> you know I'm 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 glad my son I, I spent a lot of time with my son and uh and my daughter my especially my son my son's wise to all this you know nonsense and uh he's old enough now and I I train with him and try and show him a little bit of discipline and, and get him more. He's a really, really good wrestlers. He's, he's been in jujitsu for a few years. Not now. a bad shooter either. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah he was at range day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's at range day. This, uh, not this last, I think it was, I think it was over the summer. Um, he's like commandeered my infinity. He's <laughs> like, this is mine now. That's <laughs> no, not, that's the most expensive handgun I got.
0: Well, that's all right. Uh, as long as he's learning, I guess. Yeah, it's good to have the kids in, in active shit they're interested in, right? It doesn't yeah. really matter what it is, I guess. Um, but I do, I do think for boys, um, there's actually new, new-ish research from the past three years that details exactly why and how uh, roughhousing with your son, especially when he's young, uh, is a huge benefit. It gives him confidence. It teaches him low-level conflict resolution. It teaches him how to be patient how to deal with stressful situations, even at that lowest, even just like going to wrestling and then coming home and doing the moves on him. Right. Yeah. It's body slamming him on the bed and this shit. It teaches him not to be a little bitch. Honestly, if I'm being like that, that's really what it is. And I don't mean physically, but physically and mentally, you know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy how something that silly and small can totally affect how a child turns out. You know what I mean? 10 years later.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm way deeper than that. Cause I was like, Very anti confrontational when I was his age. And then, you know, I I had a couple events, a a couple of events in my young adult life uh, where I was like, I I don't want to be this person anymore. You know, I want to be somebody that can take care of himself. And, you know, I started hanging out with the wrong crowd and and getting a bunch of trouble. And then I started boxing and then I started doing jiu jitsu. And I was doing jiu jitsu before there was. you know, women and children and dentists and people that worked at the airport. It was all, uh, savages, which was very rough. Um, and I completely changed who I was, you know, by the time I was like 22, 23 years old. And with Jaden, with my son Jaden, I I wanted that for him. I didn't want him to go through that process you know, like I wanted him to be, uh, A very dangerous person you know early on in in life as a young adult and so i fucking murder him i maw him you know uh whenever we go to class and and i've basically been his like private coach for almost three years now and he his mother had him in in another school with with just kids and Another yeah.
0: jujitsu school evening. Yeah, 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 and
2: she, you know, her and I like either get along really, really well for a year or we don't. And it was during one of the years that we don't, you know how that goes. And, and so she's, she was like, you know, you, you can take him to your school. You can, you know, his membership is up at that school. And so I, I took him to my school and pull in the parking lot. And he's like, okay, when's the kids class start? And I'm like, y- you're not going there until you have kids of your own. You're going to be swimming with sharks from now on out. And you're going to get mauled by grown adults. He was 13 years old. Um, and he was like, okay, you know. Let's do it. And he, he learned very quickly. I, you know, it's like, it would be like teaching the average police officer how to run a handgun at a high level. You you're
0: know? implying that the average police officer can't run a handgun at a very high level and you are correct. Yes. But, but that, not not always their fault that you have a very limited training budget and time to train, although I would recommend you actually, if you're in a job that gets into gunfights, probably should be good at it. Yes, absolutely. I won't say any more about and I, that, but yeah.
2: And I, and I love helping out Law enforcement and, and teaching them to run a handgun at a high level, but yeah, they don't they don't spend enough time. The the you know state and local government doesn't have enough funding for them to. They don't prioritize that, which I I, th- I think they should, and that's that's the way it is nationwide. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: what do you? I, I've I've wondered about this because you're talking about yourself being in a position you didn't want to be, making a choice to improve, and, and the way that you chose to improve it wasn't to ask for something it wasn't to shield yourself from things it was to sharpen yourself right yeah which was difficult yeah i mean it's a hard choice to make because then you got especially when other people are involved like you sign up with a gym with your friends or whatever it is or people who know you or your family then you there's some level of accountability like well i can't be a bitch now you know what i mean i got to show up and do this every day
2: yeah 100 percent. yeah that was uh that was very very difficult but i wanted to be on the other side of that so it was a lot of hard work and it was a lot of pain a lot of injuries (laughs) you know i've torn cards in my ribs torn both my knees hyperextended both my arms sprained my neck broke both my feet i broke four toes one of my toes i broke four times like the list of injuries goes on and on because it wasn't like a it wasn't how it is today. <laughs> you know, people don't get those, those yeah, yeah. injuries.
0: Today. I mean, there weren't, people weren't fighting lawsuits against jujitsu studios. Yeah. That's terrible. It's that's so weird. It's like now. you showed up to fight and you are mad now that you got hurt. What the hell are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. But I do wonder like, um, going back to something I said a minute ago about not necess- not just assuming that the other side of your argument is like completely wrong. Right. I think it's a mistake to assume just because you don't like someone's solution to a problem that they're, that a problem doesn't exist, right? Yeah, like with policing, we're just we're identifying one of them now, mm-hmm. and it isn't. Pe- people make these they, they make these judgments as if it's a it's a moral or character issue for these cops who get into fucked up situations and don't do the right thing sometimes. Yeah. And maybe sometimes it is right. Like if you're just we and we see videos of that all, all the time on Twitter to some cop being an asshole for no reason or whatever the fuck. But the vast majority of the time, it's a cop who's put into a position that he's not he or she is not qualified to handle, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's, it's really just that simple. So I wonder if like one of the things we talked about during because I, I was during 2020, I was trying to have reasonable conversations about this shit while, you know, people were burning down cities and shit, but still, the best like the most important time to be calm, and you know this, we can talk about that later, but the most important time to be calm is when everybody else is not calm, right? yeah um so it occurred to me that maybe we should do a little bit better job in selecting who we put the badge on right who we give a gun and trust them to be in public but it wasn't i don't think it's just or even primarily a moral or character issue i think it's an issue of training right like you are a civilian you were in a very fucked up situation but you've had thousands of hours on the gun and handled it appropriately right yeah. You know what I mean? I like to think so. <laughs> well, I mean, it worked out for you in, in your favor, at least. But, yeah, it's like, and then you see somebody who's also trained, somebody who's even a cop, freeze up like that asshole at Parkland who stood outside, the people in Uvalde who stood outside, right, and weren't, like, yeah. I mean, that to me, the, the inaction is a moral or character issue. Making a mistake in a gunfight, I mean fuck man, I've been in a bunch of them. I've made some mistakes, right? Yeah. Not not like killed the wrong people or anything, but I've made plenty of mistakes in gunfights.
2: But you you know from from being in gunfights with people that were gunfighters. You know that that problem is not nearly as difficult of a problem to solve as some of the problems that you've solved in combat.
0: Sure, no, it's, it's just, just point some and shoot dork really. with a rifle. Like yeah. you react point and shoot, you know? Yeah. I mean it's it's that simple, but the only way and I, I've talked about this a million times, especially with civilian people who are in the film, uh, TV and film industry. When they go to like um, Dev Grew or the unit or something like that, or even, you know, some, even Rangers, some special forces, or whatever, and watch us go, watch uh, shooters, like infantry people go through a shoot house. And it looks like we're reacting faster than we should be able to react. But it's not. It's just like, it's hardwired into us. Like think of somebody with, This this is a bad analogy because it's not the same. But think of somebody with post traumatic stress; they hear a loud noise and immediately flinch, right? Yeah. Like instead of flinching, we shoot, right? Or we identify a target and shoot. We just do it immediately, right? Yeah. You just program that into your brain over time. So it's repetition, intentionality, intentionality, and repetition. That's what really does it, right? But so we we have these we have a crime problem that we're not addressing, you know, uh, politically, right? And then we have these poor motherfuckers out there and, and with badges who don't have the training or the repetitions to do that job right. There's gotta be a better solution to this shit.
2: Yeah, they don't have, uh, I, I feel like they don't have the physical equipment and they don't have the biological equipment. Like I, I heard in New York City, and I'm not sure if this is true, but I've heard a couple times that the New York City law enforcement officers they change their trigger packs in their duty guns to, instead of like a factory Glock trigger. It's like twice as stiff. A factory Glock is what four and a half pounds. Yeah, so it's so like it's nine eight. pounds. It's like nine pounds. The yeah. fuck out of here?
0: Why? What? Like an old school forty-four Magnum revolver or some shit?
2: <laughs> well, no, yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Holy shit. Except the trigger take up is a little bit shorter. But uh, I, I think they should all have. 2011s you know because you know something like a platform like that uh you're you're gonna have a better result for the training that they receive i think they have to have way more reps behind the gun uh you know because you see a lot and you know you you've all we've all seen you know the badge cams of Mm -hmm. uh Handgun manipulations under oh, stress, man. and it's yeah. they're trying to put their magazine in yeah. backwards. They're shooting through a windshield while they're driving at you know sixty yards away from a target, knowing that that round is going a hundred feet over the over the deck. <laughs> it,
0: just, it hits that glass that is at a downward angle, and it immediately travels upward into the air. 100%. And I don't know where that bullet lands. No, I don't no. fire rounds where if I don't know where they're going to land. That's like fucking one of the four rules, bud. This episode is also brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Dot com the best coffee in the world as a matter of fact They won both the gold and bronze medal at the golden bean awards this year For their exclusive coffee club entries in the elite category. So the best coffee on earth literally Was circus bear by black rifle one of their ecs So I recommend that you go sign up for the black rifle coffee club use the code citizen You're going to get those points off and uh you know you get all the benefits for being in the coffee club you get the free shipping you get access to all the partner deals uh uh, you get access to the exclusive coffee club you get access to any new products that come out before anybody else does you know it's a very large club that they have over there and the coffees are premium every single one of them is good uh you're going to get experience for you you can do just the plain coffee club and if you want your two bags of of, uh, espresso or your two bags of or smooth or whatever it is you drink you can get those two bags or one bag or whatever you want every month or and or rather you can use the ecs the exclusive coffee club and get access to some of the most premium coffees on the planet and kind of learn what it is that you like you know what I mean? So then you can order those premium coffees from Black Rifle as well. So, and we all know they got the best branding, the best merch, and their buddies. You know, we're all friends here. Uh, we love Black Rifle. So go to BlackRifleCoffee.com, Sign up for the coffee club, or buy something. Do whatever you want. Um, use the code Citizen. You're going to get those points off. Yeah. I mean, really. So. And that's yeah. not
2: their fault. They're you know under a substantial amount of stress. They're trying to perform you know a task that will they're trying to perform remedial action on a very dangerous situation. And I think they need to be better equipped, you know, physically and biologically and mentally to do that. We need to take better care of our long. When you say obviously. biologically, what do you mean? I, I think, you know, uh, I think the train, like cognitively, like mm. I think the training could be a little bit better. And I, I don't know exactly how to solve that problem to, well, I
0: know how to solve it. How do we do it? Um, well, there's there's an older method that was really effective, into a newer method that I was just talking to somebody about yesterday with Tim actually. So, one of the things we used to do, uh, and I we we went to this uh, Delta course called Cat C. It was a uh, shooting course, and you sit with your you stand with your back to the firing line. You've got um, a big piece of uh, cardboard or whatever the fuck it was, and it has shapes, numbers, and colors on it, right? triangle circle square whatever no particular order it's all randomized and each one is a different color with a different number inside of it and the rso calls out a number of color he calls out one to three things right and if he calls out three what you shoot has to have all three and if it isn't on your board you don't shoot right you have to turn around and you have two seconds to make that choice with nine fucking things on it Right.
2: So it's complex solutions yes. in a short amount of time. Yep. I like that under
0: stress. Right? Yeah. It's loud. They fucking they're yelling at you and all this shit. And the newer version of it is even crazier. I can't remember exactly how Tim was explaining, but it's digital and dynamic. If there's like a laser on it, mm-hmm. like if you, you it's a, it's a, for the sake of conversation, let's say it's the same general setup but digital. This one is you spin around and you look at your target, or it pop, in, in this case, I think it flashes up instead of you having to turn around, which is probably a little bit better it flashes up and if you see your letter number color whatever the fuck it is but it has a laser on it, you have to wait for the laser to go away to shoot right so there's adding more and more challenge to that there's ways to handle this shit and to be honest the one the first one that i told you about you can make that shit at kinko's for five dollars yeah and take it to your local gun range or even when you're dry firing in your home right and have your fucking wife or somebody call out different shit and turn around i mean there's there's plenty of ways to do that, you know, Yeah, is what I'm saying. But who, who, the average, I know this because my friends are all tier one operators. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the average cop and podunk, whatever the fuck, even in major cities, they don't know any of this shit. No, they're Like, like nobody's like, making this available to them except for like Tim, Mike Glover, some other people who are actually training some of these cops yourself. Yeah. Right? But otherwise, they would be just be like, I hope I don't have to shoot my gun today. You know what yeah. I mean? Which is not like, certainly you don't want to kill anybody if you don't have to but I don't want to shoot my gun today for a cop, for anybody that's carrying that gun is the wrong answer, right? That's just the wrong answer. I'm sorry. Like, I've been carrying a concealed weapon for 21 years now, and I don't think like that. I think, like, I hope everything goes well today, but if somebody fucks with something that I care about, you yeah, know, bam, I'm going to take bam. care of it, right? Yeah. That's just the way, that's that's the mindset you have to have to do that job. You cannot hesitate ever.
2: Yeah, and, and, and no shade on, like, you know, in, in my engagement a few years back like I I don't hold any grudges I don't there's no emotions tied to it and you know unfortunately there's you know three kids that no longer have a father because of these complex circumstances but like even the guy that was shooting at Tori and I that I had to neutralize I I don't hold any grudges on on him at all you know it's you can't really define I I knew the guy for 4.6 seconds so and he wasn't very nice for that amount of time but, uh, you know, I don't define him by that. It's just, you know, a set of, set of circumstances where you had to make sure you go home. And I think law enforcement officers, uh, I I definitely think that they we need to do a better job in, in their training and in having a, a complex problem like, like you were saying, uh, that would be great to have them train on that. Um, but honestly, I think they need to do a lot more dry practice, if any. Some, some of them, like I, I had my uh, Nevada Highway Patrol guy like years and years and years ago when we first started hanging out. And he's like, um, I'm better, better shot than you. And I'm like, there's no fucking way. You're terrible. <laughs> and, and so he came over to go to the range and he got his duty gun out. And he's like, I just got to get my duty mags or my duty ammo out. And he had uh, he had a Smith & Wesson, not an M&P. It was, it was uh, you know, the earlier... Uh, models but he couldn't get his uh, magazine out because of years of perspiration had rusted his e- ejection button on his grip and I had to come over there with a screwdriver and a hammer and get the fucking magazine out of his gun
0: kind of reminds me of gladiator when that dude couldn't fucking get the hilt out of his you know when his shit was frozen um when they're trying to execute russell crowe in the woods or whatever and the guy couldn't get his sword out oh just, yeah like, sometimes the hill freezes to the blades like yeah it does yeah rust is not a good it, rust is not your friend at a no fight buddy. definitely not uh, Not in your springs or followers or anything else nothing um yeah that's wild man uh so you, you mentioned uh uh dry firing my it's always been my opinion and because i've been working with these i've been working with weapons system for a really long time I think the real work is done dry, to be honest. I think ninety
2: percent, like ninety percent of my, uh, and you're a world class shooter. It. I
0: like seriously get oh, into thanks, that because, because,
2: yeah, you ninety know. percent is ninety percent of the skill that I built as relates really to balance, of speed, and accuracy, presentation, getting rounds, you know, getting rounds on target under under a second is has been ninety percent of it has been when you don't have a dramatic atmospheric pressure change in front of you, you know, it's it's hard to receive information and learn especially early on in, in the game of, of trying to build uh handgun skills when you're just doing live fire like all of my uh skill that i built has, has been done in my living room with an empty gun you know
0: yeah i do that all the time people yeah. think i'm crazy i'm just like watching tv and i'm just like popping dudes in the head when i'm watching tv yeah and that challenges magazines mean. and shit they're yeah. like what are you doing are you crazy you're obsessed with them? i'm like no i want to be good at it man yeah fuck? <laughs> like how do you get good at math you do fucking math
2: yeah i was with uh, michelle watterson mm-hmm. uh at uh like a little fight party i had at my house mm-hmm. this last saturday and i took her to the range and some other people with tracy and yeah she uh, wants to get
0: into it now that she's gonna stop or like taper out the fighting stuff she wants to get into the shooting because she likes to
2: shoot right yeah she she do, she does definitely and I, I i offered to help her out and train her and stuff like that and i was doing dry reps while watching the fight for just 10 minutes. It's really all it takes. It doesn't mm-hmm. take like an hour two hours or whatever mm-hmm. with me at least. Um, and I was getting some reps in with, with my carry gun doing, uh, admin reloads and first round on target and
0: just standing up and clearing your clothes and getting the weapon
2: out. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? is an important thing too.
2: Yeah. That's, that's very, very important. Um, and I was doing that for 10 minutes while we were watching the fight and she commented on it. Like how, you know, like how often do you do that? Mm-hmm. And I, I was i like, I, I do it every, every day, mm. you know, I do it every day for like five or 10 minutes and you see the result on, on the range, you know, I don't even have to fight. Like if I, if I went like two months without doing live fire, I show up in the range to, um, like I was just teaching, uh, Vince that just got in the gunfight in LA. Mm, that yeah, yeah. Used,
0: and they took his concealed carry permit away Yeah, because yeah. he actually had to use it, which is a bizarre set of circumstances oh my isn't God, they, they're so why silly. There's no reason to ever live in la fuck that place yeah
2: anyways. no no reason at all but uh sean whalen is a is a friend of his mm-hmm. and he called me he says hey can you help him out mm-hmm. you know he's just been through this and i stayed with him for a couple of days and uh taught him a little bit uh how to shoot very very nice guy we got along really good it was uh yeah he's awesome well the good
0: news is he didn't hesitate that's one thing yeah. that you that's really hard to train right so he's got that out of the way the accuracy yeah. was not great, right? But it was effective for yeah. what it was. You know, yeah, what I mean? he, but he's probably never I mean, I not probably, he's definitely never been in a situation like that before. Most no, not have. with
2: a handgun. Nice part about Vince, I think because of uh the, the result of the way he's reacted after getting to know him, he's been in a lot of gnarly situations in his life. Really? So he's been exposed to violence a lot. Okay. You know, he's a he was a a, a professional boxer mm-hmm. for a while and he, he had an interesting life mm-hmm. back east, um, however you wanted to find that. Uh, but he's a very, very smart guy, mm-hmm. and uh, he was very receptive to everything that I was able to provide yeah. to him.
0: That violence of action, though, is the, like, but when, when we're, a guy comes through basic training or something, that's the, the first thing you teach. Well, that and handling the weapons safely. Like, people... Um, who are start taking up shooting for the first time, especially people who want to carry it every day, right? Mm. I always tell them you should carry that weapon around your house 24 hours a day when you go take a shit, when you're cooking, cleaning, whatever the fuck you're doing, with no rounds in it for a month, two months before you ever take it out into the streets, right? Yeah like, I like it needs that. to feel like part of your body. You need to not have to check to see if it's unsafe or if the bags loaded or whatever the fuck and, and what, however your, uh, pl- however you're set up. You should just know always know like in the same way that you know your front door is locked same way You know that where your kids are shit like that, right? Yeah, like absolutely. it's a it's a big fucking responsibility not to be taken lightly and That shit matters that you know Like you always know what condition it's in because there's nothing more useless than a loaded gun There's nothing more dangerous than one that's treated unloaded.
2: Yes. Yeah, and yeah when I when I teach people, um, you know, I ask them like, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen a lot of them answer like Oh, if you, you think it's unloaded and it's not unloaded and you send around through the through the wall and i was Mm. like well that's like the most that's like the second most dangerous thing that can happen the first most dangerous thing that can happen in my opinion is you got somebody that you have to perform remedial action on they have a knife or a gun Mm. or a baseball bat or whatever and you you know do your presentation and nothing happens Mm -hmm. that's the most dangerous thing because you know, trying to get that thing up and running again, it doesn't take very much time unless somebody's running at you and they're right. going to put a knife in your yeah. eye socket or something like 21-foot rule, man. Yeah, 21-foot right. rule, yeah. I mean, you it's like,
0: be... for those of you that don't know, somebody with a blunt or 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 any kind of melee weapon, whatever it is, even fist technically, but a melee weapon especially, if they're within 21 feet of you, the average person can get to you before you can draw, rack, and fire your
2: weapon. Basically.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high on fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.
2: That's another thing they asked me about like, do you carry with one in the chamber? People that don't know them. Mm. And my reply to that is, guns work better when they're loaded. (laughs) You know, just like cars work better if they got gas gas in them. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, except for. Electric cars, yeah, they work better for some when love. it's not freezing, right? Yeah, well, if you saw that shit in Chicago, but they ever like the charging stations wouldn't work because it was too cold, so everybody was stranded in their fucking charging parking lots.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. So that I I don't know too much about that. So like the not the hybrids, but the electric cars, they mm. don't work very well when it's cold. I, I don't
0: know what the car itself, but the charging station they wouldn't can't work. deliver charge, right? Yep. Okay, which is interesting and not great, right? Yeah, that's not great at yeah, all. That's like especially if you live up north. But anyways, yeah, this. Uh, in basic you get a uh a rifle and you carry it around with no magazine or anything for about a month i think before you ever get access to ammunition before we even go to the range um and during that time drill sergeants are walking around and if your muzzle's in the dirt if your weapon's pointed in an unsafe direction if it's not unsafe whatever it is you get your fucking ass lit up right yeah and it's that, that that's you don't need to do that. I don't think most people need to do that to learn that lesson. You just got to fucking be intentional about it. But you should carry the weapon around for a while. Yeah. Um, and, you know, check yourself. Like, yeah. 100%. Be intentional. Like, every so often I'm going to fucking pull my weapon out, look at it, check it, put it back in, or whatever the fuck, right? Mm. Just get used to handling it. It should be an extension of your body, really. A hundred percent. Yeah. But I don't know if... I don't know if cops are doing this stuff, to be honest. Like, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're trained, their to's when they first get on the force, are doing that because they don't think of themselves as gunfighters necessarily, right? I mean, we the the global war on terror was interesting because in previous wars, we would just show up somewhere, fuck everything up, and leave, right? We would march through cities. Mean, you ever you've seen Bandit Brothers? We would run through cities um leave a couple people there fucking fuck off to the next city run through that so on and so forth. Now we take over a piece of territory and we police it for a while, right? I'm not a cop. I'm a gunfighter. It was the infantry in yeah. the 82nd Airborne, but we had to stay there and do that job. So I I feel for those guys because they think of themselves as peacekeepers because they are. That's what they are, right? But it's way more complicated than that. Like you got to be ready to fucking shoot. Yeah. You got to be ready. To, to get into it and if you're not ready man people get fucked up all the time
2: yeah I 100 percent. i don't know what i mean it's a good question to ask you what's the difference between just your mission is going here and smashing this or staying here and monitoring the place like policing the place um it's, it's more ex- complex it's right? about
0: exposure really right yeah. so if we're like if we were going to assault a small town or something um we would do maybe an offset infield, uh a uh, helo in a couple clicks away, walk in from different angles, maybe L-shape the uh, city or something like that. Maybe do a pincer, which is where you have a group that goes like this, over the top, pince, like, like a crab claw kind of, and then fill it in from in between, right? Just okay. like move in towards the middle. But the we keep moving, right? Once we have areas cleared, we keep moving. And I guess the difference is you're a lot more aggressive the the actions and your mentality is a lot more aggressive when you're assaulting than when you're policing, right? Yeah. Um, when you're policing, you're like you're trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to unnecessarily hurt anybody, and I can't yeah. tell if that dude is, you know, a fucking terrorist or not. Yeah. Because they don't. It's not like they wear a fucking uniform, right? No. So that part's way different. And I and I feel for these cops because that's always their job, and with the legal requirement of pres- presumption of innocence, always. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's not a job that I would want to do. Certainly.
2: Yeah, I, I try and make them as comfortable as possible. Like if I get pulled over at night, um, I turn on the interior lights mm. cause I got my windows, you know, super tinted cause it's 300 degrees at, in the daytime here in Vegas in the summertime. Um, but I turn in all the interior lights or roll all the windows down and then I make them aware that I have a gun by, uh, putting my CCW behind my driver's license. So it's their discovery when they ask for my driver's license and I get pulled over a little bit. Um, and I, I give them my driver's license, and they see that there's two, you know, two cards there, and they're like, oh, okay, you know. So that that's, I don't say I I have a gun. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't want to blurt it out. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I've done that before. I just like let them know. And I only one time has a guy asked me to give it to him, not give it to him, but like, hey, could you step out? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. He's like, can I reach in and grab? it? Like, yeah, go ahead. Like, I'll just lift my shirt up from up here. Though, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, grab it. And then that only one time, but I've been pulled over, or. Been in interactions with cops with a gun many, like, fucking probably two dozen times. And only once does that happen. Usually they're just like, all right, cool, man. Nobody who announces to the cop that I'm carrying a gun is intent on using it, I guess. That would yeah. be weird. That's, that's probably yeah. never happened before. That takes like, away the element yeah, of surprise. Yeah, that would be not great. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a good idea. To, like, I mean, not, I'm not trying to be an apologist for shitbag cops. Yeah. But understand that job is fucked up, man.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: under, like, put yourself in that position where you know you're a good guy he doesn't know you're a good guy you and good guys and bad guys look the same yeah you know what i mean so maybe compliant is not the right word i don't i would never encourage somebody to be compliant with the government because fuck the government right yeah um but understand that that dude is a a guy with a family who's trying to get home tonight not trying to take unnecessary risk and you do the same yeah don't take any unnecessary risk everybody it's like good communication relationship everybody stay up here right yeah it seems simple but if, if, people get flustered and shit
2: yeah and if you got like a, a shitbag cop and you know they're they're out there the vast majority of them aren't mm. they're awesome but you know uh, I've been pulled over by some that weren't awesome and I'm down to fight I'm down to fight them but I'm not down to fight them during the engagement of a traffic stop sure. I'll do it in, in in court and be like hey he mm. was off this is what it happened you know, luckily that, uh, that hasn't happened to me, you know, where I've had to do that. And you, you know, I own it. Yeah. I was, I was 123 miles an hour on the, on the highway or, or, you know, I've had, a sorry, few officer, right I had
0: there. to see how fast this thing could go. You understand? Yeah. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah. They usually don't, I usually don't get pulled over when I see how fast it goes. Cause I'm already three miles down the road yeah, by no the shit. time they pull up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always, I, I own it, you know? Uh, I've never disputed any traffic tickets in my life, and I've had a lot of them. I haven't followed a traffic law since nineteen
0: ninety six. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that I they're mostly suggestions. I think, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. who's obeying? the speed limit well, not, honestly not if you look at it on the no road one is a being well yeah there's the if you go to Texas there's a lot of uh, like old Mexican ladies who yeah. drive 40 miles per hour in the right lane they're the only person actually I don't even know if that's against or if that's the I think there's a minimum as well right 45 Yeah. A maybe. Minimum, yeah. so maybe they're breaking the law too nobody's yeah. in that sweet spot yeah it's pretty funny um, yeah. yeah but understand that's a difficult job you know, and I feel for those guys. I appreciate people like you and Mike Glover and oh, thank and all those people for fucking helping them out. Because, you yeah. know, I, I don't know. Like the defund the police stuff is the dumbest shit of all time. We want to improve policing. So we're going to remove money from
2: them. And what like what other yeah, that's you, not punitive damage to a police officer. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't see it as punitive damage to, like, remove the department's funding. Like, yeah, the, at the end, that's the punitive end for little, the community yeah right? like what are the what are they? that that exactly that hurts mm. the community that doesn't help them they need more funding not less more you know. training not less i was
0: talking to a cop from brooklyn yesterday and he's like the the all these and it's it, frankly it's mostly white liberals in big cities he goes and they're calling everybody else racist but all their actions the end result is that they're hurting black and brown people in their communities right yeah like what the fuck do you really not see what you're doing here
2: yeah, and there's there's such a lack of uh, common sense in the world and, and, and in our nation right now. There's you know some of the policies, some of some of the you know stuff that's going on. It's like, why would you think that that would work? Why would you think that that would perform or have a desirable result on the problem that you're trying to address? I don't get it at you all. You
0: mean like we're trying to make our country stronger and more resilient and we let eight million illegal immigrants in. Yes, that example, is definitely right? that seems that like an odd choice.
2: It's very And then odd. the Supreme
0: Court even just ruled yesterday that Border Patrol can go down there and start fucking up the border security of Texas again, right? Cutting their barbed wire, whatever the fuck, concertina wire. Yeah, right I saw
2: there. that uh I saw that yesterday mm-hmm. that they're you know on Man, that's a sad. conservative
0: Supreme Court, a six to three majority sup- conservative Supreme Court decided that the federal government has the right to fuck any border town over or any border s- state over, basically.
2: That's outrageous.
0: It seems pretty wild to me, you know? But yeah, people aren't making very good decisions. And I can't, so some of it seems intentional. Some of it seems like people are pussies, maybe. I don't know, but uh, I I really don't know. But the the point of it is, I can't stop the Supreme Court from making decisions. I can't stop the president or anybody else from doing that shit. All I can do is make my community more resilient. That's all I can. That's all anybody can do, really, right? Yeah. Unless you're in a position of extreme power somehow, um, and that's what I, I tell people this a lot. Like, if you are, if you if you say you're conservative or libertarian, you believe in small, limited government, right, and mm. all this stuff. It's one thing to believe it; it's another thing to do it, right? And a lot of people who are on the fringe of these conversations always want to take it somewhere like combative or violent or something like that. It's like, first of all, you are in no way prepared for this. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Like, you have no clue what real violence is. You know what I mean? And the second part is, if you if you dictate by violence, you always have to dictate by violence. It never ends, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you train, you you know, you have a one of the most well-behaved dogs of all time. Oh, thank you. And I assume you train that dog with with treats and not with a whip, right? Because that's how it works. Discipline comes as a result of, uh, there's a stick and carrot always, right? Like, mm. there should be some kind of punishment for kids and anybody else. But the way that you actually train somebody isn't through fear, right? Yeah. And they react in fear. You train them by pleasure benefit typically, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's food or so, it's a reward of some sort
2: dopamine and serotonin. Correct. Yeah. yeah.
0: So <clears throat> I don't, I don't know why we've been doing the things that we've been doing like this, like this, this, the the loudest part of this movement keeps what, like openly wondering for or calling for some kind of political violence. Right. And again, you're not, you're not ready for it and you have to always engage in violence after that to maintain that peace. The best way to handle that situation from my perspective is to find problems that the government is solving and solve them yourself and your community before those motherfuckers get there, right? Yeah. And it's kind of a I guess a a, a play on Reagan's old statement, like the most dangerous or the scariest words in the English language are I'm from the government, I'm here to help or whatever. But yeah. If the government or you know, any bad actor fucking Unions fucking political people packs, whatever the fuck When they show up to a place and nobody's got their hand out. They have no power there, right? It is Pay for play. It's quid pro quo if you don't need anything from them They have no power over you and that's why being a resilient individual is the most important thing for your life But also for our society right the more like once we reach a critical mass of empowered individuals who are resilient against this bullshit then that bullshit stops it is the ultimate inoculation against tyranny mm-hmm. right so i really wish all of these conservative influencers would stop talking about civil war and shit like that and start talking about personal responsibility because none of them that i've seen talk about civil war have ever fired a gun and anger in their life
2: yeah yeah and and, and how do we orchestrate that war are we uh are we shooting all the people with purple hair yeah <laughs> yeah it's
0: like well that's a good question i uh, this is one i i ask a lot somebody says civil war i'm like all right cool between who and whom and over what exactly right yeah cuz north versus south and over slavery and taxes okay that may i mean i that didn't was way
2: more simple it, yeah <laughs> that makes
0: sense i mean I, it sucked but it made at least it made sense yeah like what the fuck are we just going to go thunderdome and see who fucking cuz if you Nature abhors a vacuum. And if you disrupt power centers like that, it has to be in a way that puts in a better, more efficient power center. Otherwise, chaos, right? And then it'll be might makes right. Whoever the strongest is, or sometimes luckiest, but strongest typically, will just kill everybody else or kill all the enemies, and everybody else will fall in line. Yeah, is that the kind of society you live in?
2: Yeah. I mean, we've seen that in, in the sandbox over there, right? Oh, yeah. You've had a lot of experience yep. with that. And you take the, you know, the guy that's... Uh, running stuff that's uh, evil and take him out and they have a vacuum now you get some other shit back that just falls in line yeah
0: yeah I mean so. Saddam Hussein killed thousands of people um, millions died after he d- he got executed right so it's yeah. like in the grand scheme of things what is the point is the point to be be morally superior or is the point to protect human life I guess they're not always the same thing right sometimes you compromise to protect human life like it's i'm not it's not immoral to take life always sometimes it's the right thing to do but sometimes it's not you know what i mean yeah and we make we don't make good decisions as a country when it comes to foreign policy very often anymore if we ever did frankly i don't know if we ever did we certainly haven't in my lifetime every pretty much everything we've done in my life actually everything we've done since vietnam has been fucked
2: yeah <clears throat> do you, i mean what do you know much about uh reagan and his policies i haven't studied a whole lot of that um yeah so it was mostly
0: there's there's three parts of the cold war the first part was called containment and it uh it started in the late 40s early 50s eisenhower um truman and eisenhower and the idea was we're going to fight these we're going to the oss turns into the cia we're we're going to fight these micro wars to stop the spread of communism across the globe right so we have Uh, We're fighting Sandinistas. We're fighting in South America. We're fighting uh, overseas. Then we end up in Afghanistan fighting over there and all that shit. And then Kissinger came up with this idea with Nixon called detente, which is basically, I I think it's a French word that means a cooling off period or a period of something. I don't remember what it is. French people, fuck them. You Mm. know what I mean? I don't want to learn that shit. (laughs) Um, But Reagan's was called rollback. And rollback was... We're gonna outspend these motherfuckers. We're gonna we're gonna spend so much money on an arms race and on technology that it bankrupts their economy and they have to fucking change leadership. And it worked. A lot of people argue that you couldn't have done rollback without the first two. But and may maybe they're right about that. Who knows? I mean, that's life is weird like that. But rollback was the effective one. That Star Wars bullshit, like putting satellite lasers weapons in the sky like reagan talked about all the time that was never even a thing like we were developed trying to develop the technology but we were never anywhere close to that shit but we did it because we wanted to make the russians do it and we knew the russians didn't have the money or capability to do it so they went bankrupt and then gorbachev gave up the country basically yeah right so that part was good now a lot of the other stuff sending ollie north out there with the fucking uh with full autonomy to sell cocaine and weapons to iran and and iraq at the same time and shit like that so we could raise money for all of our wars so we didn't have to get approval from congress probably not the most ethical thing in the world yeah uh tripling the national debt raising taxes five of eight years probably not very conservative either but banning machine guns also kind of a cunt move frankly but you know it was effective in ending the cold war but i don't i don't think russia was ever that big of a threat to be honest I, i mean they have nukes so they're a threat in that way but in conventional warfare, we're seeing how capable they are. Dude, they're fighting Ukraine, which is, what, a tenth of their size? And completely militarily incompetent. They should have rolled through that country in three weeks, right? And they couldn't yeah. even get past uh, the uh, Donbass region.
2: Yeah, that's wild. I, I did not expect it to go like that.
0: I did. I called it. As soon as they started, yeah. I'm like, don't—Russia is incompetent. They fucking suck at fight. They still fight wars like World War II. It's attrition, right? Uh, matter of fact, we just got reports last week that um, Spetsnaz guys are refusing. Order. They're trying to do human wave attacks to push the Ukrainian line back a little bit to try to put more pressure on them to settle in a negotiation.
2: Uh, human wave attack, what's the definition of that? Uh,
0: fix bayonets, let's, let's do this, right? Let, let's, we're going to get online and start charging these motherfuckers, which is insane in modern warfare with drones and... Uh, like landmines all over the fucking place. I mean, yeah. That's crazy. Like no, you would never do that. In modern warfare. Yeah. Um, but the Spetsnaz guys were like, now nah, we're we're good. You know, it's it's pretty rare in a, an authoritarian country where, especially the special operators are refusing orders. That's not common. You know what I mean? In any country, actually, but especially in one of those where it's pretty locked down. But we've seen that over and over with Russia. The fucking Prigozhin guy, who was the um, the leader of the Wagner group and shit rebelled, marched on Russia kind of and then died mysteriously in a plane crash, you know. Um they're incompetent. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. But yeah. still, it's like we've and we're, and we're kind of setting them up as the boogeyman again. Like we've got to defeat Russia to save democracy. Like what the fuck from wh- how how exactly is Russia threatening our democracy? We don't have a democracy by the way. We have a republic. Yeah. But let's say we did. What's Russia doing to to do anything about that. I don't think about Russia, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. I think about China stealing all of our intellectual property and spying on us and buying up a farmland. think about that a lot. Yeah, that's strange. It is strange. So, you know, I like that some states, a lot of people are lobbying about that farmland thing now. Uh, it's a good segue back into the main conversation. Um, and now states are starting to pass bills. Even California's working on a bill right now to stop that from happening from foreign governments or Funds that are that are positioned by or held by Foreign governments from owning any kind of farmland in our country. I think that's probably a good idea. I think so too. Yeah, Um, but it it goes to show you like a little A little civic activism when it makes sense can be a good thing But it starts all the way down at the lowest level
2: like what is the purpose of of? China purchasing farmland
0: Man, I, I honestly don't. So they can fucking experiment on our food, probably, I guess. Or put weird shit in our food. What What why else would it be?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I try and eat as as clean as possible. Specifically the last five years, I've noticed mm. a big, big difference in how I feel. Um,
0: yeah, just don't eat anything that didn't exist 200 years ago. Yeah. And typically you'll be fine, right?
2: Yeah, I, I noticed a big difference in how I look and how I feel and just eating different in the past five years. I, I You know, I've got visible abdominal muscles of like the last four years that i didn't really put a significant amount of work in mm-hmm. to get you know and that's just like food being in my opinion the most powerful thing you can put in your body is, oh, yeah. is the right food at the right time mm-hmm. and and uh even more powerful than than going to the gym and struggling you know every day and working your ass off every day like food is 80 percent of it um like I, I noticed you got your first form mm-hmm. sure on. that's one of my partners as well they are the most awesome company that i've ever worked with yeah and, and not just
0: the the quality of the supplements and and the availability and and stuff like that but the culture and attitude right the culture is bomb. like sal and andy are good dudes Andy's a really good friend of mine so like, yeah Andy's he's serious about this shit. yeah he's serious yeah, about it and, and, it. and then it proved his life he was in a bad situation he was a fat Fuck, right? Yeah. 10 years ago. It was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going to do that anymore. The success of that company, like, uh, Andy and Sal are both really smart business guys, too. Sal's Mm -hmm. a great fucking uh, uh, logistical businessman, too. Um, I think maybe the biggest part of their success is Andy deciding not to be a piece of shit anymore, frankly. Yeah. Right? Like, just like, fuck that. And people see that, like, you know what? I'm not going to be a piece of shit anymore. It's contagious. And you do that for your kid, right? Mm -hmm. You go through this shit. When you were younger, um, where I don't want to fucking, I don't, I want to be confident or whatever it was you decided to tell yourself and you improved it. And then you, you're now your kid will never have to deal with that. Right. Yeah. Because you set the fucking, you set him on the right path.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. And that's like the most powerful uh, moment of my life is becoming a father. And that's, that's another moment where, you know, I've changed significantly, you know, trying to live by example, like, you know, and it, I I work out with them, you know a lot and trying to educate him on nutrition and human performance and all this stuff and uh, he's uh He's a solid athlete right now, and he's getting better and better. He was a little chubby there for a little bit, but uh, Yeah, I love I love Andy. I love Sal. I love everybody at first form. They're like so rad like mm. awesome I go to summer smash and, and fall fest and all these events with them and they're They're a lot of fun. They're awesome people
0: Yeah, they are um yeah it's setting that example though is what matters, and it's like you got to think of it that way every every it's good to improve yourself for sure, but there's reasons for that, right? It isn't just so you feel better necessarily or look better or can you know or, or especially not based on what other people might think of you, right yeah, a lot of people do it for vanity reasons, mm-hmm. um, but the reality of life is that every important thing you do will be in the service of other people, your family, your community, strangers on the fucking street. Mm -hmm. right especially if you're you know if you're a tough person i guess i don't know how to really if you're somebody who's uh willing and able to do violence on the behalf of others that's that's a responsibility you should take serious like if you're if you're so um uh if you're if you're capable of that you should be good at it one right and two you should take it fucking seriously because the world can be very dangerous and people need to be protected and just the idea of once you get into that protector mindset, it starts to permeate the rest of your life. You don't—you're not just a physical protector anymore. You start to shield people from other existential threats, bad ideas, right, or pain, yeah. or whatever it is. Like we lose so many friends to suicide. It's like, okay, I can fucking interdict that, right? Because I've been mm. in that position. I know what it feels like to be spiraling down that drain. All you need is somebody to come kick the fucking, kick kick your ass out of that shit. Sometimes you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it it puts you in the right mindset. And I think it is. Some people are parents. Some people aren't, I guess. Um, uh, our birth rates are going down pretty low. I, I recommend you having some kids if you can, if you can manage it. But, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, it's like, that'll be, people always say that'll be the most important thing you do in your life. And they're right. You know what I mean? Cause you're, you're, you're creating a force multiplier to send out into the world for good, in my opinion. Right. Yeah.
2: And that's, you know, my son is like, why I'm so good with a handgun is not for me. You know, that's for, my son, my daughter, you know, uh their you know, their mothers and people around me, you know, I'm really, really, really fast with a handgun because of them. Otherwise I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't be nearly as proficient.
0: Yeah. And it's I think that's a good reminder, to be honest, um, of why you do the shit you do. If you're in the gym and it sucks, you know, you know what, I don't really care about doing this. Like well or or on the range or at work or whatever the fuck how mm-hmm. how whatever it is you're doing to provide for or protect your family right mm-hmm. when you get in those low moments feel unmotivated that's what's got to be in the back of your head right I mean that's what it was even like as a soldier it's like I'm not afraid to die I can't be right because mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be paralyzed with fear all the time but I am mortified by the idea of letting them, my men down you know mm-hmm. what I mean and now I think most fathers probably feel like that as well right. And you should. That yeah. should be like. There's got to be something behind you chasing you, and something ahead of you pulling you, right? Mm-hmm. It's push pull. It works in every facet of life. It's n- from Newton's laws of motion to your fucking muscles to to so- sociology. Um, put that fear of failing behind you, right, and let it chase you a little bit. Yeah, 100%. and then see your happy family in front of you and run towards them. I think it's a good idea.
2: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Um, well, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming over here. Yeah, thanks, um, bro. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Well, we'll we got to get together in Austin at the studio sometime and do a funny one.
2: Yeah, um, hell yeah.
0: Ross Ross likes to say crazy shit to people, so uh, that'll be fun. But in the meantime, tell everybody where they can find you What and if you got any events coming up and all that shit
2: uh my season opener is in march at mint 400 um where is that the mint one yeah the mint it's uh it's a really really fun race out and plus it's in vegas which is yeah yeah. well i mean it's
0: it's it's uh uh hunter s thompson really enjoyed that one yeah yeah. um if you've seen fear and loathing in las vegas it's based around him going to cover the mint 400 yeah he didn't really cover much of it but you know that's kind of his style i guess
2: yeah um and you can find me at, on instagram i'm uh at bj baldwin at bj 97 on twitter and ballistic bj baldwin on facebook and uh i'm same on tiktok at bj bowl 97 on tiktok and and youtube as well
0: sweet thanks man i appreciate you coming today
2: yeah thanks for having me yes sir and thank you all for listening
0: this has been citizen